Don't mind your business. Mind my podcast, Mind Elixir. Hello and welcome to or back to my podcast. I am finally back after what feels like the longest break ever. I feel like people are going to lose trust in me if I keep taking breaks like that. And I mean, even I kind of lost trust in me. But anywho, we are back again. And I wanted to talk about performative activism and conditional allyship in this episode. But before we get started, if you don't already know me, then hi, my name is Ayaka. And um, I'm 15 years old and I love to make content on this podcast discussing anything that interests me, whether it's social issues or some of my somewhat questionable advice and experiences, stuff like that. Also, before we start, you're probably wondering why did it take me so long? Um, Why was I gone for so long or whatever? Some of the reasons that I was, it was like multiple reasons and then also just me kind of losing motivation and then forgetting about the podcast. But the reason I was gone was because one, I didn't have that many episode ideas. I was kind of stuck. Like I literally don't even know what my next episode is supposed to be about. Also, I was studying for the AP exams. That was a few, like three weeks ago or something. I was studying for the AP exams. I honestly feel like they didn't prepare us very well for the AP exams. Like honestly, and just in my opinion, we didn't even learn about the stuff very well until like the last month. And then I had to like try and cram. I took the principles of computer science exam and AP human geography exam and I probably bombed them in a very not good negative way. Honestly, I feel like the teachers did not prepare us well and there was not enough time to finish. This was my first time taking AP exams and like the test itself. How do you expect me to finish 70, 70 minutes for 60 questions? Like what? How? I know we're already out of June, but happy Pride Month. Um, to anyone, whether you're out or not, or just figuring out your identity. And yeah, that's that. Now let's get on with the episode. So I wanted to make an episode talking about performative activism, because I was thinking about how this time last year, there was a whole lot of that going around, especially with um, how the Black Lives Matter movement was coming back and like um, more prominent, I guess you could say. So first of all, I wanted to start off by saying what I think performative activism is. Um, in my opinion, performative activism is when someone wants to seem like a good person or not a not so terrible person. So they'll maybe post vague messages about some social issues going around on social media or they'll do things like story chains. I know we've all seen that one thing where it's repost if you're against rape, which is terrible. Like, um, duh, of course we're against rape, but how is reposting a thing going to help anyone? Like, that's just the, that's literally the bare minimum. Who is that helping? It's not spreading awareness. It's not sharing knowledge or anything. It's literally just repost so someone can get likes on their post. It's not helping anyone. That's really performative. Or performative activism is when someone that pretends, just pretends to care about an issue on social media, maybe by posting some pastel colored cutesy infographics or whatever, but they don't actually, but doesn't actually educate themselves on the issue or they don't do anything in the real world that can help with the issue or whatever. But I think the term performative itself, performative activism, is really tricky to discuss and it's kind of tricky to distinguish what is and isn't performative activism in the world. That's just my general idea for it. I don't think there's really a rigid definition for it. Um, and I'll go into depth later what I mean by that. 
But I do think that just because someone isn't talking about an issue on social media doesn't mean that they don't care about the issue at all. They may be doing things behind the scenes that you don't know. However, you know, I do think it is important to spread awareness on social media if you can and vice versa. Okay, wait. Just because you've seen someone post about an issue on social media doesn't mean they actually care about it in real life. You know what I mean? And um, regarding regular everyday people, I actually think a lot of people, they do care about their online presence and how they're perceived online. So I feel like that is one of the factors that causes performative activism. It's the fact that people with little information on issues are pushed to talk about it and post about them on social media so as to preserve their online presence and make them seem like a good person or else they're seen as a bad person by their peers or by their friends or whatever. I feel like it's a combination of that and then also just the fact that some people just post stuff just to make themselves feel better to make they're just reposting stuff that they don't even read they probably don't even I feel like a lot of people probably don't even really read the stuff they post repost on their stories to be honest they're probably just reposting it just to make themselves feel like a better person but they don't actually genuinely care about the issue or the movement or whatever it is they're posting about And being woke has kind of become a trend, if I'm being honest. Like, because people, I guess people like being hashtag woke or whatever. Um, Why did I just say hashtag? That was so weird. And somehow we've ended up with people like Charlie D'Amelio, who's done God knows what for the Black Lives Matter movement. Has she actually done anything for the Black Lives Matter movement? I do not know. Probably not. I feel like she hasn't. Maybe she has. I don't know. But she's had this Black Lives Matter profile profile picture forever probably because she doesn't want to be canceled canceled for it but has she actually spoken up about black lives matter not that i have seen not that i've really noticed no but she still has this profile pic like what is that profile picture gonna do i don't know that's like that's like a huge example of performative activism and i remember last year there was this whole chain of tiktokers that would duet each other lip syncing to that one song where it was um no freedom till we're equal. Black lives matter. And they just had their fist up in the air. That was the peak of performative activism. Not the peak, but you know what I mean. I can't believe people, we really just let that slide. I am glad I did not participate in that. I didn't even think about participating in it. It's kind of weird, if I'm being honest. It's very weird. And also, I think we've all heard about this um specific brand of performative activism that people like to call the hashtag ACAB Emily performative activist which okay so the thing is people making fun of ACAB Emily um it did at first to me seem like a valid criticism of performative activism that was displayed primarily by teenage girls people in my age range during the last summer of 2020 I mean people did actually literally used to just post hello kitty says ACAB infographic thingies well not even an infographic it'd just be a little picture like on pinterest you can literally look up on pinterest blm aesthetic and it has these aesthetic little black lives matter pictures and posts and stuff like that and most of these hello kitty says acap and aesthetic stuff they wouldn't even give you any information about like maybe i don't know what does acap even mean or what can you do for this movement or whatever it'd just be something to look cute and go like a cute little addition to your Instagram feed. It wouldn't actually help. They didn't provide resources, none of that. And there were a lot of people that tried to make 
activism aesthetic. Like, think about it. The fact that pe- the only way people would get involved or even you could even get people to try and care about activism was by making it aesthetic. That's kind of weird. And now that I look back on it, this was actually really horrendous, but also a huge example of performative activism was the po- Blackout Tuesday thing. Because now, now that I think of it, that actually did n- absolutely nothing. Maybe it had a good intention, but really all it ended up doing was clogging up the Black Lives Matter hashtag with useless black squares. Like, I don't even know why that, who organized that or why it was organized, but I am ashamed to say that, yes, I did actually post a black square. I mean, I did other stuff, but the black square has to be the worst thing I did. But yeah, the Blackout Tuesday was a huge example of performative activism. It helped, did not help the Black Lives Matter movement at all. Did not provide any resources, none of that. And then also, like I said before, there were story and TikTok video chains where people would just post on their Instagram story, tag five people that support Black Lives Matter. And then they'd have just a black screen. Like, what did people think that was going to do? How is that support helping the movement at all? This whole performative activism thing, of course, it can also be applied to other movements, like the Free Palestine Movement. And then also, I believe, I feel like this was two years ago, maybe two years, I think, um, where people were changing their profile picture blue for, I believe it was Sudan, Sudan, Sudan. People changed their profile picture blue. Like, what did that even do? People said that it was supposed to help show your support. But now that I think of it, that really did nothing. I was not even educated on performative activism that much back then. So, yeah. And I honestly can't believe there were whole celebrities doing just tagging people that supported Black Lives Matter and then posting it on their story. That was really terrible. And back to my point, that whole ACAB Emily stereotype thing, it started off as a way to critique performative activism. But in my opinion, it's also just turned into a way to criticize and make fun of teenage girls for anything and literally everything they do. It's just turned into another misogynistic stereotype. And they, and I feel like people are just calling everything performative, everything they do performative. But also regarding children and, well, not necessarily children, but teenagers, people my age, I think it's important to not just call them performative activists for signing petitions because there is only so much they can do. And the fact that some people are showing that they do care about an issue and that they care about it to a certain extent is something that we should be glad for. Well, not glad for. Yeah, we should be glad that some people actually do care about issues rather than just calling everything performative. That's what I mean by when I say that um, we shouldn't just throw around the word performative activism and call everybody, say, this is performative activism. Oh my gosh, everybody's performative. Because is it really performative if that's all that they can do? Because you don't know if they're just doing it for show or if they actually genuinely, genuinely do care about it, but that's all that they can do or all they're able to do at the time. Because, yeah. But I'm not trying to disregard the amount of performative activists that there are. Like, there are a lot of activists and performative activism that has been going around. I literally saw this one TikTok where it said, share and repost this if you think trans women are women. 
And I just think that's that whole type of share and reposting is really weird because one, why are you literally using someone's someone's identity and life for your own likes on your TikTok and shares on your TikTok for some TikTok clout that's literally pathetic? Even then, he didn't even provide any resources, any information about that. He's literally just saying that so he can get TikTok clout. Like, how is that helping? Stop using marginalized people for your own TikTok clout. That's weird. And of course, trans women are women. That goes without saying. But I just think it's really pathetic how some people use issues and things like that for likes and shares. Also, I think Joey from Grand Army, this show on Netflix, Grand Army, um, Joey, she's a good example of a performative activist because although it did appear as, she, in my opinion, it appeared as though she did care about those issues and all that. But at the same time, it also seemed like she only did it to make herself seem like a good person. And she didn't, at least not from what I remember, she didn't ever call out her friends on their trashy, messed up behavior and all the bad things they would say and all of that. Like, you, first of all, if you care about these things and you're so much of a feminist or whatever, I think she was a feminist or whatever something like that, then you should be calling out your friends on their messed up actions and the things they're saying and the way they're speaking and stuff they're doing. But she didn't. And by the way, I actually recommend watching the show Grand Army. Um, well, I do recommend it and I don't because Netflix isn't even making a second season. Apparently, some for some reason, it got canceled. And Grand Army was one of the few shows that actually had like a diverse cast. And when I say diverse, I don't just mean it had one black guy and then the rest of the cast was white. Like they had a South Asian person that was LGBT. They had black people that weren't just stereotypes. They had different, actually had a, a diverse cast and actors and it wasn't just stereotypes. And I really liked the way it portrayed different things. And it talked about different topics like sexual assault, sexuality, stuff like that. Um, drugs, I forgot what else, high school, probably other stuff, but it was really good, sad, I'm so sad that they didn't even continue it, they had a Japanese person as well, Japanese American person as well, represented, so I thought that was nice, but yeah, also I wanted to talk about how companies and celebrities also participate in performative activism type stuff. I've noticed how companies, they kind of adopt this woke culture, I guess you could call it, because they know that it gets them more customers, more followers, more money from different groups of people if they try to act woke and aware. And an example of that is how companies will change their logo during Pride Month. But what are they actually doing for LGBTQ plus people? Like, do they actually support them? Do they actually support the their community? Are they actually doing anything to help them or are they just changing their logo so they can get sales? You know what I mean? Like you have a whole entire pride collection, but are you going to donate the money to LGBTQ plus organizations or charities or are you just doing it for your own personal benefit and sales and you don't actually care about them? That's what I mean. Would that be performative activism or woke culture? I don't know, but I feel like it's performative something. They're just doing it for show and they don't actually care about it. I'm not saying that's all companies, but it is a lot of them. I feel like some celebrities, they don't want to speak on certain topics because they might not be educated on it. 
So that's why some of them stay quiet. But at the same time, I do do feel like they could probably easily bring someone that's more knowledgeable on the topic and let them use their platform because, you know, celebrities, they have a big, huge platform. So they could, the celebrities, they could spotlight someone from that group that is specifically affected by the issue or maybe leading the movement or whatever and bring them to their platform to speak about it or spread information about it. But that's just my opinion. They could amplify their voice. But of course, like, technically, celebrities don't owe us anything. But that was just my opinion. And kind of related to this whole thing, I heard that Victoria's Secret is apparently getting rid of their angels or something like that and hiring female empowerment leaders or whatever that is. I'm not sure if this is performative activism or not. But honestly, nobody asked for that. And like, if you think about it, in my opinion, I feel as though they're doing this as to distract from the bad things that they've actually done. I've noticed this with a lot of companies and brands catered towards women. Um, they will market things as empowering and empowerments. So as to get women to buy from it, they'll be like, oh my gosh, this razor is em- empowering or something like that. I don't know. That's a bad example. But okay, the Victoria's Secret example, that is a good example. But a lot of companies and brands still market things as empowering to get people to buy from it. But like, is it really empowering? What? It doesn't even make sense. And also, this is unrelated, but with this whole empowering thing, people on TikTok or apps or online on social media, they will literally call things empowering. Like they'll try to say sex work is empowering or having an OnlyFans is empowering. I low-key feel like that's kind of grooming teenage girls into sex work. And it's really weird. But it's just my opinion. I'm not trying to shame people for doing sex work. But, like, I feel like an 18-year-old should not have an OnlyFans where they're doing sexual stuff. Like, if you literally go straight out of high school to do that, that's kind of sad. I feel like it's borderline grooming or something. And... Yeah, even if the celebrity doesn't or isn't able to talk about something directly, they should still maybe bring the voices of other people who are in the know about those issues. I just said that. But yeah, I was kind of disorganized about that. Sorry. Okay, I had to go get water. But now on to the next part of... Oh my God, I almost dropped the microphone. Okay, conditional allyship. I wanted to talk about conditional allyship. So many white people will claim their... That will claim that they're allies, but then whenever a black person speaks up and says that they're uncomfortable with something, or whenever they call a white person out on a racial microaggression or macroaggression, at this point, a lot of things aren't even just microaggressions. They're like, literally, you should know this is racist at this point. But whenever a black person will maybe call a white person out on a racial, something racially insensitive that they've done, then the white person gets offended and defensive, and it's all you're too sensitive, or this is why it's hard to support you. That is an example of conditional allyship, because why are you getting defensive? Like, if you were really an ally, then you would try to listen and understand Black people's point of view and understand their voices on topics and things and issues that are literally affecting and about them. And of course, this applies to many other things too, like just people of color in general, like white people need to sometimes listen to people of color's voices on topics that are literally about them rather than trying to speak over them and getting butthurt whenever someone calls you out on something wrong or racist or homophobic or whatever that you've done. 
Like this can apply to many different groups and issues and stuff like that. And how is someone going to claim to be an ally and they're going to have Black Lives Matter in their bio whilst they're date while they're literally dating a racist person? Like, I can fix him. No, you cannot. You cannot fix your racist boyfriend, McKenna. You shouldn't even be associating or dating racist people in the first place. Like, what? How does that even make sense? How are you going to claim to be an ally and associate with people that are literally against the people that you're trying to support? It doesn't make sense to me. Just, like, what's not clicking? And something else that's kind of related to this kind of not, but what is the deal with people and bringing up Black Lives Matter in situations that Black Lives Matter aren't even related to it? Or, like, they'll replace the B in Black Lives Matter with, like, something else for another movement. Like, I saw someone for the Uyghur Muslims, someone tried to replace the B in Black Lives Matter for M, like, Muslim Lives Matter, which, of course, they do. But why are you trying to take a slogan for another movement from another movement and make it for your own issue or social issue or whatever? Same with Palestine. People try to say PLM for Palestine Lives Matter. Like, bro, free Palestine, not Palestine lives matter. And I feel like people, they always feel the need to bring up Black Lives Matter and insert it into every situation where it's not relevant. People also said ALM for Asian Lives Matter. But whenever people take the B in Black Lives Matter and replace it with another marginalized group, they're doing the same as All Lives Matter. They're taking away, trying to take, it feels like they're trying to take away the attention from Black Lives Matter. That's why you have to make up your own slogan for your own movement or issue or whatever else is going on in the world. That's why it's stop Asian hate, not Asian Lives Matter. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, it'll literally be the same performative activist saying stuff like, oh, well, you were there for Black Lives Matter. Why aren't you here for this? Like, why do you feel the need to compare Black Lives Matter to everything? And then literally, I'll see this sort of thing where if one black person does something wrong, then everybody in the comments will start bringing up Black Lives Matter. They'll be like, but Black Lives Matter, right? What? What does that have to do with this issue? Just because one black person does something ignorant or wrong doesn't mean you have to bash a whole entire movement. It's really unnecessary. And some people's performative activism and racism really be popping out sometimes. But yeah, also I'm slightly ashamed to say that I used to kind of be a performative activist. Um, I don't really consider myself, and like, um, I don't know, I don't really consider myself an activist anymore. Do I? I don't know, because I feel like to be an activist, I should actually do more. And I was looking up the definitions of activist, advocate, and ally. And an activist is someone that is actively doing stuff for a movement or cause, such as protests and stuff like that. And then an advocate is someone that promotes a cause and helps speak for it for those who can't, I guess, something like that. And then an ally is just someone that supports a cause or movement, I think. But all of those labels are very confusing. I think I just consider myself an advocate, not really an activist, because that's kind of a lot of work. I don't know. It's whatever. Anyway, I also kind of want to go back and delete my episode about Anonymous, where I was talking about Anonymous and the K-pop groups, because now that I've realized it, that episode literally reeks of performative activism, but I do not know how to delete my episodes because, like, will it mess up the whole order of all of my episodes or something? 
So that's why, like, I'm, I don't know how to delete my episode without messing up the order of the rest of them. But what I think I'm going to do, I think I'm just going to take out the audio file. I'll just replace it with, like, a filler audio or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode. That's all I have to say today about performative activism, conditional allyship, and all of that. Um, I literally need to keep up on social media more. I know I literally always say that, like, but then I end up slacking again. I don't even know if you can really expect a set upload schedule from me of this podcast. It's been kind of chaotic lately. I don't even know what my next episode is going to be out or what it's going to be about. But I guess just stay tuned for that. Um, make sure to follow me on all my socials that will be in the link tree below. And leave a review if you liked it. I hope you have a lovely day, evening, morning, night, whatever time zone or time you're in. It is the afternoon for me, and it's also the 4th of July, too. And yeah, bye. See you next episode. Bye.